0: to riffs that change the world a podcast about falling in love with music once again a big thank you as the momentum is real or as darlene you know jenna fisher's character in walk hard would say she would loosely say this the attraction between us is palpable also the website is up all the episodes are there and there's even a button that says subscribe to leave your info The fun part is contests and giveaways and newsletters—they are a coming. We're also dabbling with social media. Subscribe, like, and follow—that's the currency of the podcast. So please push buttons generously. On this episode, we talk to Michael Ramey, his alter ego. He's the alter ego of Golden Death Music, a kick-ass band born from post-punk and prog rock. We talk about what it means to be a modern-day one-man band, how much fun band promotion can be, and what happens when all of your musical gear is stolen, including all of your gold masters while in Colombia. Hence the title of the episode. We don't do anything about that here. Michael also talks to us, talks to us about his musical journey and what it's like to be in music retail. He has a nice little song (laughs) at the end that we came up with for it. Michael was a bit under the weather during the discussion, but he soldiered on. You know why? Cause he's talking to me and you guys are listening. So peel back the curtain and let's look at the inside of the modern music industry. Here's Michael. Welcome to Riffs That Change the World. And we welcome Michael Ramey, and I know him best as the guy who satisfies my fix for musical equipment as a sales engineer at a large online music retailer. However, and unsurprisingly, he is also a musician and a damn good one. His band, and when I say his band, I truly mean his band. He's everything in that band, is called Golden Death Music. Now, trust me, this is not a some screamo death metal kind of outfit. This is lush rhythmic soundscapes that you all need to check out. So I'm really excited to get started. So welcome, Michael. Hello. Did I get it right? I mean, if, I, if I, I, I'm making stuff up, so if I got it wrong, if, if there's 10 people in the band and I don't know about it, then please let me know.
1: No, it sounds about <laughs> right. There's just me. I mean, I've, I've had over the years had a, a different variations of people that I've been fortunate enough to uh, have them support me with it. But yeah, I write all the, the music and usually play shows. I think I play more solo shows than with a band maybe, or about even.
0: Yeah, so I mean when you hear the music, uh, you're going to just get be blown away and not understand how the hell one person can create all of that, but hey, that's on him. So uh, what I want to focus on first, we're going to get to that in the second segment, what I want to focus on first with respect to this is getting a background in your musical journey, because this will kind of level set uh, with respect to the music you've created and, and why you love music so much. And we'll leave that pivotal, you know, song for last. But perhaps talk about your childhood years when you first got into music. What were your influences? Where were you at the time? How old? What What, what do you remember?
1: Uh, I think my first experience with with as a kid, first thing I remember involved with the music is probably being in a closet with a handheld <laughs> recorder. I think I was singing. Uh, and so, what, ABCs what did you do? Or something like did you, that? What
0: did you do to no. get to put it in the closet? Was that was that something you did? <laughs> no, that was that, that was, was by com- choice. Completely,
1: okay, completely by choice. <laughs> okay,
0: good, good. Yeah, no, this is this going to take this a was dark tar- turn. Tar- yeah, my, turn exactly. my parents always
1: <laughs> stuck me in the closet when I was bad. So. But you know what? No, Your singing no.
0: voice improved immensely because of it. So thank you, mom and dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, my parent, my parents. Just for the record, they didn't stick me in the closet. <laughs> At least that I remember. But they did. Uh, I just remember wanting to be isolated, and it was like the, my first vocal booth or something. I just was inspired to create somehow, and I had this little Fisher Price recorder, and. Uh, so yeah.
0: so what was was what were you listening to? Were were you even at the point of listening to anything? Was it just making sense? Yeah, at
1: that, at that point, yeah, not really. Just probably just whatever my parents listened to. Probably I remember they had a decent vinyl collection. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, Michael. There's a lot of Michael Jackson. So what? What year you know. is this? So
0: we level set the year and place.
1: It's probably like '86, maybe. '86. Like right? I was born in '81. Okay,
0: gotcha. And where was? Where was? Where were you?
1: Up? In, Ohio, oh, in Ohio. In Tascosa, okay. Ohio. It's kind of like a small town outside of. Uh, Columbus. But I like the Middle America thing,
0: right? Goes to Bruce Springsteen right away. There you go. You're yeah, in yeah, Middle America. And so when did you start yeah. diverging from kind of maybe what what they played in Middle America to the things that you really fell in love with? Uh,
1: probably not really until middle school, maybe. I mean, with, um, with Grunge, when that came, uh, that like Nirvana... Uh, that was big for me who, who I did, you know, it's not cool to say this, but I discovered through the, uh, the Weird Al, uh, cover smells, <laughs> smells like, uh, whatever it was. It smells like, I don't remember. It, it, but, it does uh, smell
0: that That's for sure. I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smells like Nirvana. Actually. Yeah, I yeah. I
0: know. He couldn't smells. actually make it up because yeah. it smells like Teen Spirit and that already was like a Weird Al Yankovic title. So like he couldn't improve on it. Yeah. He likes he already knew It was already pretty good.
1: Yeah. So I remember hearing that song and thinking and then hearing the Nirvana one later, like, oh man, these guys are ripping off Weirdo. But uh, and, and,
0: and yeah. so you got heavy into the into the grunge scene when you were a kid? Did you go all in or Yeah,
1: a lot a lot of the typical stuff there, like Nirvana, Alice in Chains. I think my first show was uh was Bush, that band, yep. and and the Gavin Rossdale, is that who it is? Yeah. yeah. Gavin and I remember it was their tour with uh, No Doubt. No Doubt actually got booed off the stage <laughs> pretty much. They were not known. And I'm sure later in like the next year, those same people that were booing were, were at their shows.
0: So. I, I have one little story on this because I have to get it. and We can cut it out if it's not worth oh, uh, yeah. keeping. No, no. But uh, No Doubt almost played my prom. So I grew up in uh, <laughs> I, I grew up in Southern California, and they were a you know an underground punk band, and they were doing mm. the prom circuit, and uh, it, really? uh, they were a little too edgy for us. We wanted more top forty, and that's where we screwed up. But uh, but I love the oh, Gwen okay. Stefani Gavin Rossdale thing, right? Weren't they together? That's the other piece, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I saw that. I Think I saw that. I played a part in it. Oh, did you somehow bringing? being at their show. <laughs> I wasn't booing, so maybe they saw me. They, they said, the "You know, that kid's, to the, that kid's got taste." That kid's got. Yeah, there's t- like <laughs> maybe there's a future in this relationship here. So. So,
0: so then, I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about it, and you've talked a little bit about post-punk and maybe some. Maybe it's not new wave. Maybe it's the harder stuff, or whatever else. Where did that come in? When did when did you start getting into that stuff?
1: Uh, well, I really in high school. I mean, where I really started diverging from. Uh, I guess what everybody else was listening to, I got big into prog rock, like, mm, that's like right. this was pre, pre-internet days too, I mean not completely pre-internet, but at least it wasn't nearly, you couldn't just put a song in YouTube and find it, so I spent a lot of time in record stores just basically buying random uh, progressive rock albums like King Crimson, Yes, uh, Hatfield in the North, just, just a bunch of different... Um, Music, and I was super into that. I was playing guitar at the time, so learning a bunch of those songs on guitar, which are kind of complex a lot of the time, um, and uh, eventually joined a band, like after I graduated high school, and those guys were like, oh, you like prog rock? Have you heard of post-punk? And they showed me Joy Division okay. and um, uh, you know, all the factory record stuff, Gang of Four, uh, some, so many good bands. But yeah, then once I found that, I was like, oh, okay. Well,
0: let me, let's is... talk about that. Because I think prog rock is kind of the anti-post-punk, or post-punk's the yeah, anti-prog yeah. rock, if you want to think about it mm-hmm. that way. So was it that contrast between the two that really pulled you back and forth to it? Or what do you think?
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess it was just the, the prog rock... I don't, I don't know what drew me to it initially, maybe just cause it was so different and, and intricate. And then once, once I found it post punk, it was like, oh, you don't need to be that technical to make good music. You can just like, it's all about the emotional conveyance. Just, just, um just regardless of your ability to play the instrument not that not that they were bad at their instruments but just relatively not as technical as the prog rock guys but.
0: but but I want I, I just I want to talk about this for forever because this piece is so important to me because all those all those guys could play and they could play as awesome as they wanted to but they chose not to in a lot of different mm-hmm. places or vice versa doesn't mean there's less taste in prog rock or more or less or whatever else. They just chose to uh, exhibit it or, or, or play it in a different way. But I, I, I think that's what people kind of don't understand and why it's so difficult to replicate some of the amazing post-punk music that was out there. It's like, oh, they can't sing. They play like shit. blah That's blah, blah. just bullshit. It's just <laughs> not true. Uh, they just chose to take it in a certain way. I mean, strip it all back and let it go. But I, you know, I love both of those. Yeah,
1: things. And that that would exactly. That's why it was pretty hugely influential to me because I was playing all these more complicated parts. You know, like "Mood for a Day." Yes, Steve Howe on acoustic guitar, I could play that. And then I realized, oh, you don't have to play a thousand notes to to be to write a good song. And and in fact, that often gets in the way. So sometimes well and it's hard hard to to it's made me more minimalist
0: right and choosing which of the damn notes that's the hardest piece like because you you have all these choices that are available and and music is such that it's it's got to be the right thing at the right time and like which one that is i guess you could sit there process of elimination and figure it out but that's not (laughs) how it works uh, as you know so so maybe because we're coming to the end of the segment and i just want to make sure we get this in maybe we go back to bruce springsteen or we go back to anything else from that youth piece that said you know what i got to get in that closet and sing so what uh, maybe give us a, a song or two that really kind of you, you realize that this is damn cool i wanted to be a part of music i i would say at
1: ceremony by joy division that song do you remember uh, that so you
0: remember the story when, uh, when you first heard it maybe that's worth
1: yeah well I, it was just some of the guys in the band playing it and i think with that particular song there's a couple of different versions and i think on the internet at the time they were like slowed down a little bit or something so for whatever reason i had this version that was like a quarter speed down i think so it sounded more like ian curtis because it was actually right. you know bernard singing yeah so
0: that's the other but, that's the other piece you're like you're, you're listening to him sing and you go man Ian Curtis and Bernard Sumner are kind of not the same guy at all. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean I know you know that probably they know the story. I think it was Bernard or Bernie drew the the short straw with respect to singing. He didn't want to sing at all. So be clear, even though the guy can't sing, oh no, I didn't. Know <laughs> no, that. he was he didn't want to do it. But I mean, he just, these guys got you know huge huevos and they just go for it, right? But but yeah, just just to hear like ceremonies, which are one of my favorite songs in the whole world, with respect to New Order, Joy Division stuff, is. It just completely consumes you, and kind of sitting back and let it kind of in waves wash over you. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's just so much like just immediate like emotional resonance for me too with the, with that kind of music. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like everything, everything I love about music, pretty much in in one one song. And since then, I've just been basically been trying to combine. I don't know. Joy Division, Pink Floyd were also huge for me. So and King Crimson, bands like that. Okay. Just trying to, even though like you mentioned, they're kind of disparate things. Uh, I'm trying to, to get the best parts of all those genres and put them in one song.
0: Yeah. So let's let's listen to Ceremony and let's uh, get our get our lighters out and uh, <laughs> flick them out because it's an unbelievable song. But I, this is a perfect segue because I then want to talk about you getting into actually the making of music in, in your band and, and how you attack trying to, to, to develop music that, that reflects what you just said. that will be great. All right. Apologies, but this is the non-Spotify version of Riffs That Change the World. No music here. That said, you can go to our website, riftsthatchangetheworld.com, or you can go to listen to the Spotify version of this, or you stay on and you can listen to me sing it. Yeah, no, nah, not happening. Here you go. Okay, I'm d- I'm just going to skip over ceremony because if I get sucked into that again, we're going to have a whole segment gone. So let's just let's talk about the other piece, which is being a musician and I I was just telling Michael that it, it's really good, so I want to make sure you guys hear it and I want to make sure it's in this podcast directly. So after this section, he'll he'll choose his I want him to choose the song that he is most proud of. And we'll talk about what that means to be proud. But uh, let's talk about your your band and being a solo musician, meaning owning everything from soup to nuts. And and folks just don't get, unless you're doing it, what it really means to do something soup to nuts. So maybe first you just tell folks what what does that mean? What are you doing? How do you get something completed?
1: Yeah, basically, so just doing everything from, you know, writing the songs, playing playing every instrument, uh, writing the lyrics, uh, recording everything on my computer here, um, and uh, doing all the mixing, all the mastering. So you did the and mix- mixing all... and
0: mastering as well, you didn't send it out to a studio? Mm-hmm.
1: I, in a couple times I've had uh, more professional mastering jobs done, but I really... I don't know. I've been, in generally I've been happier when I do it. Uh, so and,
0: and so, uh, so arranging obviously. So basically, you got to come up with an idea. You got to come up with the melodies. Got to come up with lyrics mm. that match those melodies. Then you got to be able to actually perform every darn last thing that's on there, whatever that may be. Yeah. And then once you have that, folks maybe do or don't know sort of interesting but then you got to put it all together and that mixing stage and arranging stage is is a massive endeavor especially with the effects etc right i mean
1: yeah that that's what takes me the longest for yeah sure i mean that and, ten and hundreds 100s of
0: hours i would imagine
1: yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't know exactly (laughs) way way too long this is
0: what i want people to know what i want people to know is when anybody tells you how long it took to mix something multiply it by a thousand It, it is i mean you have to be a special kind of person and i'm a complete dork like this as well you loop something over and over and over so you know that song so intricately that uh, you hear the breath, you hear the all the elements, which is amazing. And then I don't really know much about the mastering side, but it always seems like a voodoo a little bit. But um... yeah, yeah. As far
1: as far as mastering, I just try to keep it as minimal as possible. Basically, if you're able to do the mixing stage right, then the mastering is just a little bit making sure that all the songs on an album roughly sound about the same volume wise, and you know, applying some additional like magic on top or something like that, (sighs) running it through something.
0: Right. And then, and then, so you do that and then you have something that's sitting in your computer looking at you and then you have to get it out to the world, right? And that's, you know, that's a different, completely different exercise whatsoever with respect to, uh, you know, distribution, et cetera. So how, how hard was that? I mean, now with all these platforms and Spotify, is that easy, hard?
1: Well yeah how i guess when i when i the music first i i first put it up kind of on a whim because i was with playing with that post-punk band they were called uh, the blue revision oh. kind of like a post-punk prog rock type mashup deal
0: i gotta and i gotta you uh, gotta send me some of that music or point me where that is because i want to hear some of that oh yeah i don't
1: know if there's any online anymore i'm sure there's something right, well, but, point it to me know. i want to see it uh okay uh but, yeah, I was doing that and also just doing some sketches and stuff on, at home on my computer. Uh, that, what, that became the first Golden Death music album. Um, and on a whim, just put it up on MySpace. And for whatever reason, it, it gained a little traction. Got a, a decent like indie record deal doing that. So and, did they uh,
0: find you or did you go search them out?
1: They, yeah, they find me, I mean, back in the MySpace days, it was a little easier. It seemed like to get people, you could just say hi, and they'd listen to your music, you right. know, send them a request or something like that, which it doesn't seem quite, there's just, it's. there's a lot more out there now, so it's not quite as easy to get somebody's attention maybe, but it's still very possible, I think. But, yeah, that happened, um, and uh, eventually that lead me, led me to... Uh, living up in Canada because I met my my ex-wife. At, she she did the art for that album. Oh, cool! And we ended up making out an album together that also had some good luck. with that's so how I ended up touring all all over the
0: place. So, so maybe now since we're in this in this flow, so music's created, music's out, label says, okay, great. I assume they pay you for something. Uh, but then there's the promo side of things, too. Do they say, mm-hmm. all right, go get your ass out there and go play? Or do you say, hey, I, in order to make this thing work, I better get out there and play?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the concert side of things, yeah, I was always playing shows, but nothing too, too crazy with with my own stuff. Um, as far as, I was always doing online promotion, too, for myself, kind of, just across various media sites. which. Uh, it seemed like it, it was paying
0: off and, uh, But how big a pain in the ass the, is that? The promotion side? seems like annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah. do <laughs> it not, me? I
0: don't n- know. not, not quite as
1: fun as doing the music, <laughs> okay. not where my, where my art, It does, I don't feel as artistically satisfied uh, by, you know, that part of it, but, and it's not something I do much these days either, but yeah, back then I was, you know, younger. Hungry for <laughs> starving for attention. Just recently let out of the closet by my parents. So that's right. You know, but
0: your voice was amazing after that. So God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so then I on the on know. the on the touring side, did you have to actually go get the tours to be interested in you, or the venues and stuff, or did uh, you have, have somebody do that?
1: That was yeah. That was mostly my ex-wife. She was she was a lot yeah. better at that kind of promotion and, and, you know, knowing the right people and that kind of stuff, whereas I just focused on the music. Yeah, it, so I did all the recording and everything.
0: Yeah, so that, that to me, Michael, makes sense to me because if these folks that do all this themselves, I mean, you think about what, you, what, what abilities you need to have and the, and the attributes, etc. and you do all this stuff and then you got to go promote, and It's just a totally different thing. You really do need some yeah. help and support on that. Different skill set. Absolutely. Right?
1: Especially with a lot of artists who are introverted by nature, or right. just strange, just, just, just creepy like me, you know. So uh, nobody wants to talk to me.
0: Uh, Michael, we've had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: no. Oh okay. I'm sorry.
0: So, um, so okay. Before we run out of time on this segment, let's let's talk about the song that we want to play after this. Uh, talk to me about what is it? What's it about? Why you're proud? What it, what's the, what's the best you got?
1: Or most yeah, meaningful little...
0: to you. Let's just say that. I don't give a shit about best. There is no...
1: Well, yeah. I guess my approach to every song is try and write the best song I've ever written. That's what I always try to do. And whether I succeed, that's, that's definitely up for debate. But that's, that's my. I'm always kind of like, what's the point of writing another song if it's not better than, than the last one I've done? So I would say, honestly, I feel the best about... This, the new stuff I'm about to release, but it's not quite ready yet. Ooh, but I would break say it
0: here on riffs that change the world. Yeah, I wish. I wish. It's <laughs> not, not ready. Not quite ready. Yet. All right. No, not All right. Quite. Almost. Demos. We but, could do um, some demo things there. No.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that painted sands. I like that oh, song. Frick, yeah. A lot of that, yeah. That one
0: I know, uh, so I can actually react to that, and it's actually really, really good. I love the intro part of that piece; is so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, the it's kind of uh, definitely post-punk uh, influence. Little chorus on the guitars, and just just tried to. I really like the ba- band Magazine too, mm. post-punk band, and they were doing. They used a lot of synthesizers in their in their songs, so big influence for me. It kind of reminds me of that, and. Uh... Yeah, also that's one of the few songs that I had somebody else doing helping out with, uh Rose Kramer.
0: She okay. did some of the vocals on that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Like the background I, I was I I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I'm like my falsetto is not that good. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so what what, so, what about so. it encapsulates why it's why it means something or why you're most proud just because of the the work you put in to ultimately yielded the best uh result off of it or were there other aspects too that were just really satisfying
1: yeah i get i guess just yeah nothing too personal there in terms of lyrics i don't know or anything but it just felt like it just came together relatively quickly it 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 uh more or less it was what i wanted it to be like and uh uh i don't know i thought the guitar solo turned out all right that's,
0: that's, uh, <laughs> yeah just it's just spoken like past, a true musician know? it turned out <laughs> yeah. all right it's okay all right well let's listen yeah. to painted stands uh and uh we'll be back after this by golden death music once again check out do to hear this kick-ass song. All right. So that was Painted Sands. And it's a, once again, you better have liked it because you're wrong if you didn't. So uh, that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's that easy. It doesn't really have to, no debate.
1: Yeah. I'm just,
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not subjective. No, not at all. Music is not subjective. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I want to get to, which is a little bit of interesting and unique perspective here by, by Michael, is he, he's working in the uh, in music retail, and I, I really want to have a better understanding of, of your history with respect to why you're working in musical retail. But also, if it does or doesn't satisfy any of the musical needs that you have, is it is it helpful and? And frankly, I want to also hear a little bit about the customers and whether you're able to get something back from them about their passion for music as well. Uh, so I'll just leave it kind of those thoughts and you come up with whatever you want to say about it.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. I absolutely love working there because uh, I get to talk to some people like yourself. We never would have met.
0: That's a true uh,
1: Otherwise, and uh, so many people every day it's just it's i just talk to musicians of all walks of life some of them very accomplished some of them very famous and and some of them just starting out and it's just incredible definitely has has um kind of rekindled my my uh passion especially after the what i mentioned about getting the the getting robbed getting the album stolen the that uh, yeah, I don't think that was on tape, me. but
0: I do think you should tell that story real quick about it getting stolen. What uh, what happened again?
1: Oh uh, yeah, so so we were living in South America basically, and I was working tirelessly on this new album. That uh, yeah, just obsessing over it, staying up every night till like 3 a.m., waking up first thing. I would take my kids to school and then just work on the album. And after about. Two years of that unfortunately some guys broke into the the apartment and stole all my gear stole stole the computer and the backup drives so i lost lost everything and it it was kind of soul crushing at the time um and it eventually led to us moving back to the u.s uh but it definitely helps being able to Talk to all, being surrounded by all these creative uh, and accomplished people—not not just the, the the customers, but also the people I work with—I've right. never been surrounded by so many uh, intelligent, uh, uh, accomplished musicians. And, do
0: you think that's unique? Because I, and we could pitch their name, but we're not going to do that because we're holding out for serious cash from them. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exa- exactly. But, but I would say yeah. they are unique. In the effect that I have never, you know, unless you're at a high-end boutique store, I would imagine. But as a music online retailer, you're actually having sales engineers like yourself that actually kick ass with respect to music. And you actually engage with customers as opposed to just shooting them what the pricing is on the latest and greatest or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's like nothing. I've You know, I've worked at some other music retailers too, but it, this is just... Uh, unlike anything I've ever experienced, really, just in the sheer volume of people I get to talk to, and just the how incredible everybody is.
0: So. Yeah. So, so on the on the customer side, you said, hey, you get to hear accomplished folks, not accomplished folks, whatever else. I, I, I mean, how does that happen? Are they just calling in saying, I want to talk to you, or is it because of the model that the online re- retailer has?
1: Yeah, well, there's just yeah, there's always people calling in, and uh, yeah, they, they a lot of pretty much everybody who has been in music for a while at least has some kind of uh, they've had some kind of dealings I think with with probably all of the major uh, music retailers at one point or another. So it's just a matter of being like, oh, that guy. So do we get some I inside
0: dirt on who's an <laughs> asshole and who's <laughs> whatever else? What I'm gonna learn about. Uh... I don't know. Pink. Yeah, like yeah. Def- pink is just pain in the ass. She's Pink. <laughs>
1: Which one's pink? I, I don't know either. No. So it's, yeah. I thought that was a mainstream this, thing uh, that
0: everybody might know the name of. I don't know what it is whatever.
1: No, uh, not not yet at least. I'll I'll let you know. We'll we'll have to film a follow up here as soon as I as soon as I have my first bad dealing with that. Is Is there is there a,
0: since it's a double sided coin, is the what's the downside? I assume you have to work. That's a downside, but
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean not as far as downside i guess just uh i don't know they they're yeah just working a lot not as much time to record music yeah. but but uh also it's kind of nice because before i'm having like all the time in the world at least when i was living in colombia basically i had all the time in the world to do it and i wasn't as motivated uh. to go about it sometimes because it's like oh, i can do that later you know but but now it's like okay i've got this concise window of time my kids are asleep, you know, I gotta take advantage of it. Um, but, uh, so, but yeah.
0: So is there a song that you can kind of say epitomizes the music industry or a story or anything like that? That uh, money for nothing or maybe money by Big Floyd? Or what? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do you got?
1: Oh, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, yeah. How about you? What do you What do you think?
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to come up with something. I, I'm actually waiting for that Colombian band that stole your equipment to come out with some songs that sound very similar <laughs> to yours. Yeah, we'll we'll see.
1: I'd be I'd be happy with Maybe that. Maybe
0: they'll just do remixes. Be, Maybe they'll do the remixes. As long as
1: they shout me out. Yeah, no, no, I don't I don't think they're gonna be dropping any tracks anytime soon. Unfortunately, <laughs> the guy actually the guy I had act like he he. He took my phone and I had access to his Facebook the whole time. And he, uh, so I got to see about, you know, like I even told the cops where they were like, yeah, we don't do anything with that, about that here. It's like, Damn it. <laughs> we but, don't
0: do anything about that here.
1: Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Different, different set of rules. But uh, yeah, not a musician. Probably my biggest disappointment about the whole thing was that the guy who robbed me was, was not, not a musician. Not Couldn't a appreciate drink. truly what yeah. he had. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. It's, he, it's a
0: well, well, let's come up. We'll yeah. come up with
1: probably didn't like my music. Uh,
0: that's untrue because yeah. we just found out they have to. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. There's no <laughs> there choice. There's no choice. All
0: right. Well, yeah. it was great talking to you, Michael. We'll come up with a song. It'll be hilarious and, and directly on point because we can give it some thought. But uh, it was really great talking to you. Uh, I, I, you know, the music's great. Folks are going to check it out. Most importantly, Michael's going to have a playlist with 10 songs on it, and he said he's chomping at the bit um, to get these t- 10 songs out there because he's been listened to what, over the last couple months. You said.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, it, probably longer, but yeah, there's there's uh, yeah, there's definitely a a good set that I've been wanting to get out there in some way. So thank you for giving me Perfect. that. Uh, opportunity. As some
0: of yours or is some going to be mixing? No, no. All the other, other artists. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, that's going to be exciting. So this will be out in a couple weeks or so. You guys on the other side don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So I'll edit this part out. Anyway, thanks, Michael, for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: No, thank you, Mike. Yeah. Likewise, man. Always a pleasure to talk Bye. with you. Man.